wheels make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the most exhausting Buffalo Bills podcast. Woo! Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois, 17-16, Buffalo wins it out in the fourth, just like we thought they would. We got that opening win, 1-0, and oh, baby. There is a lot to talk about in this podcast. I'm Lars. Joining me today, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is here. One and O, baby. And the president of the Bills backers of Chicago, Sujit, is also here. We the comeback kids now. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Google Music. We're all over the place. So however you listen to this podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones. Tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found us. Gang, um, we've got a lot of of, uh, emotions to talk through here. And uh, let's not waste any more time while those emotions are still coursing through our veins. Let's get right into it. Final score in this one, 17 to 16. And I've repeated it a couple times now. This is the first time since 1997 against the Indianapolis Colts that this team has done two things. One, turned the ball over four plus times and still won. And two, won a game with a 13 or more point deficit in the fourth quarter. I'm gonna keep coming back to these things because through the Tyrod Taylor era, we were adamant about the team's hopelessness whenever we got down today. Down 14 on the road, division opponent. Josh Allen, the second-year man, pulled it out with a little bit of help. We'll get into all of that. But, folks, first time in 22 years. Woo! We won with a 13 or more point fourth-quarter deficit. We watch teams in the NFL do this all the time. We haven't done it in 22 years. We did it today, but it wasn't all pretty. We'll, we'll get to we'll get to all that because it wait, 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 it was not all pretty. Not pretty. In fact, most of it was not pretty at all. You might even say that most of it was downright ugly, heinous, hard to look at. So like Suge, just ugly. We'll start with you. We got the W, but who is your Jenny Creamel bummer of today's contest? You know, I had to consult a rules. Um, I had to have a rules consult on our podcast to decide whether. I can have one player that uh, can be both a Labatt Blue and a Jenny Cremel. So I'm just going to get into it because I think there's lots to talk about with this player. And so my Jenny Cremel bummer of the week is, of course, first half Josh Allen. Yeah, well, first half, first half Josh Allen did a lot of really nice things. Unfortunately, the nice things were offset by the terrible things. Yeah, you know, he started off. I didn't, you know, I, I frankly, I didn't have a problem with the Cole Beasley pick. Uh, you know, yeah, was it thrown perfectly? No. Was Sam Darnold's uh, touchdown pass to Le'Veon Bell thrown worse? Yes. So don't give me all this bull crap about, oh, he's so inaccurate. That interception was because of his inaccuracy. That throw was on Cole Beasley, and I promise you that if Cole Beasley was asked whether that was a bad throw, he would say no. And we Um, saw Cole Beasley miff one in the fourth quarter, too. Right, right. To which which we reminded ourselves, and and we're we're all on, we're all aboard the Cole Beasley hype train. Yes, absolutely. Cole Beasley's a nice player. He ain't a great player. So he's going to bobble some – he did it in the preseason too. Yeah. He's going to bobble not, some throws. Right, but he's also going to, you know, move the chains for us frequently. And, and he did. More often and he did. Um, so, 
it, it wasn't as much that, but, you know, the fumble, right? So the first fumble was a problem, right? He's got to tuck it in and just that's – I mean, he said he doesn't want to play hero ball, but I think that was a little bit of, oh, you know, just indecision. That's the one thing that I didn't like also about Josh Allen in the first half was the indecision. I felt like he was still trying to figure out whether he was a running quarterback or a pocket quarterback. I know his goal was to be a pocket quarterback, but then when he saw it breaking down, he was just so indecisive when he was making a decision that, hey, it's time to go. Let's not dwell. No, no, no. So that's those. And then, you know, there's just, I mean, then the fumble. That might be him and Mitch Morse not communicating well. But anyways, bad Josh Allen in the first half, right? And then especially towards the end when he was just throwing some ducks up yeah. in that last possession. He, he did that in the second half, too. Cass, coming to you now. Janie Cremel bummer of today's game. So I'm going to give it to a person that, I don't know, I, I really expect more out of him, and that's Trent Murphy. Oh, I, I'm not sure what you're basing that expectation on, but go ahead. I, <laughs> I don't know. God, he does nothing out there. Nothing. And, and honorable mention maybe to Star Latule. The two of them, can I just hear your name once for doing something well, not biffing it, not missing something, not over-pursuing? And, and here you go. I'm not giving it to Jerry Hughes here. Yeah, but is this the part where I remind you we had four sacks and only held them to eight points? Yeah, I know, but I look down home. the defensive line, and I, I don't know. I just I feel like when the quarterback rolls to that side, they have better opportunities. I don't know. I just feel like... I just want more from him, right? Like, I just feel like he's outnumbered, he's outweighed, he's outpursued. I don't know what it is, oh, but I am definitely not a Trent Murphy fan. He may even take over my hatred of Jerry Hughes <laughs> this God. year. You heard right? it. You guys- I, I, don't look, I don't think anybody's going to go stand on the table for Trent Murphy. Yeah, I, I, I just I think he is, his entire, I mean, mostly because of an injury, but his but, time in Buffalo has been very underwhelming. Yeah, keep up your end of the bargain, right? On your side, keep up the end of your bargain, right? Because so, Jerry plays on the other side. Hear me hear me now, believe me later, okay? Okay. Daryl Johnson's going to be getting his reps by week 12. I would agree with that. My issue with Trent Murphy is that, and so Starla Tule, I think that's unfair because his job is to eat up blockers. And really not do anything. You know, and so, and when he was in there, he was double teamed at all times. And that's the reason why our blitz was so effective at getting sacks today is because both he and Ed Oliver were routinely getting double teamed. Um, and, and so there's just not enough blockers to pick up a, a, a blitz. Uh, and so, so that, that, but I agree with you. You know, Jerry Hughes made the best of it. You know, Jerry Hughes was in a, even Shaq Lawson made the best of it, made a bunch of really great plays. Uh, but Trent Murphy, I think besides one blocked pass, I, I don't know, I'll have to look at the stat sheet, but I just didn't feel like he was a big presence. Yeah, and even, th- I'm sorry, and even that blocked pass, I, I know it's crazy. Like, they're throwing a ball, like, right at your face, but it also, like, basically hit you in the hands and the arms. So You can't to, just, like, bring that down. To that like, point that you made throughout the game, because it's a continuation of what we saw last year, no breaks again today. No, we didn't, we, we lost the turnover battle 4-0. to zero. Lots of tip balls. We tipped lots, a lot. Lots of, of them. None of them fell our way. But like you know, the one tip ball they got. Well, they you know, two tip balls. One of them went to somebody's. Oh, three tip balls. One went for a pick six. The other went for an interception too. Levi Wallace makes a great break on a ball. Somehow gets yeah. overpowered by Crowder. So like that's what? Re- that's really disappointing to see because I thought at the end of the last year I was like, well, look, it, it can't possibly get worse than than going 16 games without any breaks. Unlike 2017 when we got them all. For my Jenny Cremail bummer, I'm going to backdoor this a little bit. And, yeah, you are. And I'm going to give mine to C.J. Mosley because if he would have gotten injured in the first quarter, this game would have been a blowout. Say what you will. 
I'm so confused by your choice. Yeah, and I, I didn't know what. The, and when I had you need to do or do a rules consult. That's so <laughs> we got a we got yeah, a, you make we the got fucking a tweet rules. from presumably. So, a so him not getting injured is the Jenny. I'm confused. Yeah. So we got we got a tweet from a listener who suggested a little bit of scr- uh, uh, primal scream therapy to start the first half hour of the show. He says that uh, Sean Lightbound, not Light Brown, at mm. not Light Brown. I feel like the first half hour should just be incoherent screaming just to let the emotions out. I don't disagree with you. Because that's what was going on until C.J. Mosley was injured. Now, we'll talk about the kid. We'll talk about Josh Allen and all the nice things that happened there in the fourth quarter. But up until that point, and even through the fourth quarter, because lest we forget, this was a last-minute win, and then we still had to get them off the field twice, it was a heart attack. It was... A very frustrating game. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of stress at our table. But it was a lot of like throwing your hands up, being like, "What?" It was like, a- like it wasn't like he was just giving the ball away. He did give the ball away basically no, 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 I'm t- twice. I'm just watching I'm- this game. Yeah, watching okay, this game in okay. general. But the, between the safety and then the touchdown that got called back for the offensive. I mean, like it was just a lot of bullshittery going on. The two point conversion that. Throw it across my body through, yeah, on a rainbow the, pass. Up in the air with Dalton. What, what, what's his, what's that uh, scrub's name? Darnold. Darnold. Throw, you know, throws a moon ball across the field. I with mean, a person like, in coverage on a just, running back. It was just a series of gut punches over and over and over and over again until C.J. Mosley went out. And then everything got great. So with that in mind, yeah, can we talk a few things about what was not a bummer? I want to preempt yes, some of the yes. nothing. No, no, no. I don't mean this. With I, that I, in mind, I no, no. I guess let's what, talk about right. some of the good stuff that happened. Yes, exactly. That's where we're headed here. No, I guess what I'm saying is there's certain things that are not bummers that people are going to call bummers, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like I, like Josh Allen's accuracy, like all that, all that Josh nonsense. Allen's I feel accuracy. Like, no, I know, and this is there's going to be all these things that are like, oh, it's you know, look, he threw four picks, like. People that will look at the stack sheet and say, "I don't care what, even if they won, he's still a shitty quarterback. You can't throw four, you know, ha- be responsible for four interceptions." Now, I, I agree. I will agree with him that two of, two of the turnovers were definitely his fault, right? But, but still, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's the thing. It's like, wait, so what's the point you're trying to make here? Nothing. I just fucking hate yeah. everyone. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The, the thing is that I will try to make for you. Thank you. Is that. What's crazy about the game today is there were a lot of turnovers, but the turnovers that should have been on Josh Allen actually didn't happen. There's the one that was on the um, defensive holding or whatever. There, there were two that were basically called back that should have been picks of Josh Allen but didn't happen because of the defensive penalties. And the four that did happen, oh, yeah. maybe one of them was on Allen, but like Allen got lucky, yeah, right? True. So I, I feel like he got very very That's lucky true. today, and I will take that. And you know what? The boy can bounce back. Oh, that's what don't don't get into my Labatt Blue, okay? Right, well, then let's why move on. You, then, fine, fine, then you move get on. into it. You right, get so into let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about good Josh Allen. Let's not talk about good Josh because Allen. we talked about Tyrod Taylor can't win a game if you go down by six. We went into the and I said it. I said it when the fourth quarter started. I said division game on the road, down by fourteen. Second year quarterback. What you got? So we see other teams, like you said earlier. We see other teams that come back from being down thirteen points or more. Uh, usually against us, uh, we see that not that infrequently, right? And we're like, why can't we just power through once in a while? Twenty-two years. It's been twenty-two years. You know, what we don't see it that often. Been, it had been we twenty-two years. See, now it's been ninety minutes. We don't 
often see Not people even. that we don't often see teams that come back 13 points and had four turnovers in the game. Like a, a negative four turnover ratio plus Say something nice about Josh points. Allen now. We're on the we're on the no, no, no. So what I'm saying is, of the game. What I'm saying is that that was driven by Josh Allen leading this team. And that's what I'm going to get at. Is not the passes he made and all those which were some great great throws, great bullet passes. You see his arm strength, but it's his leadership. The fact that this guy stayed calm, that the the coaches maintained their faith in him, even when he was throwing those picks and making all those mistakes, they didn't start running the ball. I mean, my goodness, this kid threw thirty seven times in his first game, you know, in his second year. Um, and they they maintained faith, and he maintained faith in himself, and he just calmed down, settled down, and started making some great throws, great decisions. And I will say, a- after today, he's on pace for 4,000 yards. And the the other thing is that, you know, he didn't look as indecisive in the second half as he did. When it was time to run, it was time to run. Uh, but he also just sat back there and stood tall and just threw the ball, and that was really fucking cool because we have not seen that from him. There is no quarterback in Bill's history that can turn the ball over four times but still walk out there gunslinging and still play the game that Josh Allen did. I, I, I know Is he that getting your Labatt Blue too? He's not getting my Labatt Blue, but I know we want to see a lot of things from Josh Allen, and I sure as hell saw it from him today. And I know there's, there's stupid things. There's things like, hey, we need to fix, we need to change. But are you kidding me? You, you, you turn the ball over four times and still figure out a way? You guys all got on me that Josh Allen, blah, blah, blah. He is a winner. He's I a goddamn never said that. winner. I never said that. And that's what I say. Wait, so who's your Levat Blue MVP? My Levat Blue MVP. So I was going to give it to... Go ahead. Can I take a break and order a beer? If you must. What, what, Lars, you go. Okay, I'll give my Levat Blue MVP to Devin Singletary. It's an easy pick. I know. But here's the deal. He wasn't a featured back to start the game. We're down 14 points in the fourth quarter. So what do you do? Hey, let's try out this rookie in his first ever NFL game. Let's see how he does. Holy crap. He did great. He was incredible out there. Shady who? Frank what? TJ, there's a guy named TJ still. Did he even play? The hoosh? On what planet? Does a third-round rookie in his first-ever NFL game get his looks for the first time in the fourth quarter in a 14-point deficit to on the road to a division opponent and light it up the way that he did? You know, Are you it, kidding me? It really was a beautiful thing. Are you kidding thing. me? This guy's been hyped all preseason, all training camp. And his Holy crap, they put the jokes. ball in his hands. His jokes. He like had people sitting down out there. He was turning guys inside out. And, hey, look, I don't know if he's going to be a feature of this offense week in and week out moving forward or what the deal is, but the kid's number got called today. It got called in a big in a big way, and he answered. And, and what else can you ask? And you know who else believes in him? Josh Allen. When he needed somebody in the yeah. third and fourth quarter, who did he start going to? That's right. He was like, I, I de- like, he literally was like Singletary's that – also, Beasley kind of dropped off a little bit in the third and fourth. Can we and talk about Singletary dropped jo- John Brown easily having the quietest 125-yard receiving yard? And that's my love at Blue. There you go. Then tell us how quiet it was or how not quiet it was. So I was I was thinking, I was like, God, who am I going to give my love at Blue to? And I was I, honorable mention went to Shaq Lawson. I like that. Homebo- I like that pick ho- a lot. Homeboy's in a, in a contract year, and he, he played. 
when Home, homeboy's gonna be tough to say goodbye to. But, I know. Uh, Bills fans, brace yourself. I know, but he, you know what? I will take him for a year. Play the way you played today for a full season. I will say, sadly, say goodbye to you. But uh, you, you're, you're doing what you need to do. You're gonna get some money. So what I'm gonna say is John Brown, seven receptions, seven for 123 yards and a touchdown. He was targeted 10 times. Like, those are fabulous fantasy yards. Who's, who's, who's not going to pick him up in fantasy? Who would not start that guy in fantasy? 123 yards, one touchdown, 10 targets. That guy is fabulous. So, John Brown, welcome to the Bills. I'm going to take you every single week this year if you put up those numbers. Yeah. I, I mean, so, I like that you gave it to Shaq Lawson. And again, what? Well, well, I gave it an acknowledgement to Shaq. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and John Brown again, a, a wickedly productive day, and actually caught some balls in a, in, a, in a big way. That t- that touchdown, the touchdown throw and catch was a little curious. The, I will say the third and two, I think it was third and two, third and three. Josh, like, I was like, oh god, in the fourth quarter, and then he just there's John Brown. There's freaking John Brown! I guess what I want to mention, though, is, like, again, you gave it to Shaq Lawson. Our defense only gave up... Oh, sorry, you acknowledged Shaq Lawson. Christ almighty. Our defense only gave up eight points in this game. Our defense was... And then had to get a stop late. How many times have we made the go-ahead score on opening Sunday with three minutes to go and lost the game on a 17-yard field goal because the other team just marches right down the field and gets in range for a chip shot. Not today, baby. We held them. We held them in check. We held them all day long, and yet we don't really, we're not sitting here thinking, well, he was obviously the star of the game. Teron Johnson did some nice things. Jordan Poyer had a couple good blitzes. Milano had some good plays. But it just seems like he also had some bad plays. Yes, but he did. Besides yes, he did. being beat by Bell, yeah. he could have been a, a Jenny Cremel bummer. I guess. I guess what I'm getting at here is we, talk, we talked. We talked about though. on the the preseason podcast about how like nobody's talking about this defense because they're taking it all for granted, and rightfully so because it's just a really good defense that's not going to put up big flashy numbers. It's not going to get a lot of turnover and points. I guess. Yeah, but people people that are watching our game on the bottom line on the red zone channel, right? They're like, oh, man, the Bills are down like 14 nothing or whatnot. They probably think our defense gave up 14 points. Hey. Which I, they did not. If I'm a New York Jets fan right now and I'm looking at Sam Darnold's 41 attempts for 175 yards, what am I thinking about my first-round quarterback? What Am I feeling good about that? Am I feeling good about less than five yards per attempt? I don't think that I am. That's brutal. That's but that's weird because I, looking back, I would have thought Sam Darnold actually had a pretty good game. I, he threw I, did I forty-one. He, did he complete any balls that that flew more than fifteen yards in the air? No, that's the thing is that all of his th- with little dinks and dunks to receiver, and that sometimes can help you win, especially when you're Le- Le'Veon Bell. That's you know, you can do some play it action. Sometimes it leads but you to lose when you need to get points. When you at need the to end get points, exactly. But you know, I think that maybe that we're just taking that away from him, and I think that you know, give some credit to our, de- to give more credit to our defense. Um, I think that both of these teams are still obviously in a big state of de- development, right? I think that the Jets. I think this will be a very different game uh, the next time we face each other. I think both of these teams in will week improve. Week seventeen, because one of the teams will be out of it, and it's or it's, they'll both be in it. 
Uh, the, the so the, this was like the easiest game on the Jets schedule for the first seven weeks. Right, but then our schedule sucks at the end, right? And so they either make a but comeback we, and we do a tank. Yeah. I, I don't know. So a lot, a lot can happen. Point is, I do think what I'm saying is just in terms of development of these quarterbacks, developments of these offenses. I think this will be a completely different game because I think that our offense looks nothing like it did last year, even though we have the same coordinator, same quarterback. Yeah, I'm with you. And the point stands. I I also would like to acknowledge Cassie's sit back and breathe moment. This was a big one. Getting, getting this win, this division win in week one when we've got two of the worst teams in the NFL coming in weeks two and three, this meant a lot. This was the, And for all the things we've mentioned about, you know, the history and all, all the, the glass ceilings that this game shattered and what this means to have a quarterback, who, by the way, this is not Josh Allen's first fourth quarter comeback, and he should have had one last year in Miami too. So in, can I just caveat in a stadium that we have to play in next week? That was that was half full by. Yeah, but like, it gives me confidence. I mean, these guys these guys are gonna walk in next week, feeling good, ready to take on the Giants. Well, I'm and feeling you know good. This is what we needed. I'm feeling good, and I'm ready to get one of our four flung correspondents on the line. So, who was your Labat Blue? I gave oh, it to Devin Singletary, Singletary while you were busy ordering a Kolsch. <laughs> Which everybody heard, girl. That wasn't my line. Priority. I did actually. You know, I, I did one actually. more. One more Labatt Blue, and that—that okay. that is to um, uh, McDermott's process. You know, and I'm gonna say taking a big step back. I'm, I'm I'm gonna say that this team has developed a culture where they don't give up. They play for each other. They stuck with it, even though they had four four, four turnovers and down by 13 points, and everything was going badly. Um, I think we saw that even in the fourth quarter of the last game, or last preseason game, right, where we came back after 17 points, not because any of those That's people are true. still on the team. That's true. We've now had two, two back to back, back to back, double digit fourth quarter comebacks. And I think that it's not, you know, it's not obviously most of those people are not on the team anymore. But the point is that there's a culture in that locker room, there's a culture on that sideline that says we don't give up, we fight to the very end. Um, and it goes all the way from the people that didn't make this team and some of which are on the practice squad to, you know, the starting quarterback right now. And so it's uh, I'm going to I am no longer trusting the process. I am now enjoying the process. And I'm the biggest like rah, rah, sis, boom, bah person. And I'm not there yet. All right. But Suj is definitely there. I Classic. hope to be there by week I'm three. The Classic. Well, let's let's uh, I think that's a good place to end. Let's hope that we get beer soon. Well, Whoa. that sound means it's time it's for Tacos Calientes. It's Tacos Calientes. Arriba! I want some taquitos. And as we all know, Tacos Calientes is Tex-Mex for hot takes. So here with his Tacos Calientes is Jim and Jeff Day down there in Austin, Texas. Hey, got to spend the afternoon with Aaron Williams. That's pretty exciting. Uh, I'll tell you what, guys. What a day. What, what a, a day. What a day. Well, we gotta we gotta tweet at Aaron Williams and tell him that he left the Austin Bills bar a quarter too early if he missed all the celebrating. That's right. We had uh, uh, one of our own, Aaron Williams, in the uh, uh, Texas Bills bar today. There, meeting, greetings, taking photos, uh, signing autographs. Uh, what a gentleman, by the way. Uh, class act, as we all knew when he was a Bills fan. Um, I. I I hope you guys know that I told him I, I appreciated the way that he played the game. Yes. Oh, you told him, told him that? Him. I told him that, yeah. Good. 
Yeah, he's also a, he's, a, he's a proud Longhorn, so I'm, I'm surprised you haven't seen him more frequently down there in Austin. So apparently Aaron Williams has a house in uh, Austin and a house in California. He spends a lot of the time in the house in California. He was in town this week for the, uh, the uh, uh, Texas LSU game that took place Saturday night. Um, and they made an appearance at the Bills bar. And he uh, said to Teresa and I during our conversation that even he was impressed with the, uh, the turnout and sort of the atmosphere of the Bills bar because we all know in Bills Nation, we turn out, baby. That's right, right baby. That's Bills Mafia. Yeah, so cut all this Aaron Williams shit. Give us your tacos calientes <laughs> on today's game. You got the what job to do. What a game, am I right? I mean, what? this is one yeah. of the, this is why this is why we watch. This is why we support this team. This is why we've been showing up to the same table in the same bar for 15 years. Am I right? You're Not right. What if you hear me? Okay. Uh, now listen. At least. Now listen. This was just an incredible football experience because the entire first half, we said everything that went wrong did. did. Yes. Four turnovers to zero, and if you include the safety, five turnovers to zero. And all that we did was show resiliency, toughness, mental fortitude. Josh Allen led his, what, fourth four-quarter comeback since he's been a part of the Buffalo Bills? We know that there's been I a mean, couple, but yes. This was a fun game to watch because how brutal it was in the words of Kathy in the first half, which I couldn't agree more with. And then what a redemption story it was in the second half, partially led by none other than the emergence of Devin Singletary, number 26. Cassie, what do you have to say for you? Preach (laughs) on it. Preach on it. What do you mean? Shady who? (laughs) Oh, I love it. This is what we do. This This is what we do as football fans. The man, the myth, Devin Singletary. He comes in the game. He's going to be an excellent player for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, would the guy have five touches for 80 yards? Hey, you know, just just the yeoman's day of work. So, um, but hey, I want, I want, the- yeah, I want to go back to one thing though. So, this game went from like brutal to exuberant, right? I mean, it correct. It, it went from one of the hardest games to watch to one of the funnest games we've watched together here at the bar. We have seen so many games do the opposite. I'm thinking, of course, about the, the Cowboys Monday Nighter and other games where the you know starts off great, then the wheels just fall off. Is this the first time that we've seen it in the other order? Like, is this the first time where we've been just, like, beaten down all day only to finally eke out the win at the, at the last second? It certainly feels like it, and Cassie had the astute observation. I don't know what it was in the third quarter or whatever it was, which was, you know, Cassie mentioned, doesn't it feel like we've been on the we've been the Jets version of this for countless times? You know, we've been we've been the team that received four turnovers and was only up six points at halftime. Because yes, we have. Yes. Yes, we absolutely have. And to Cassie's point, we were finally once the team that took advantage of other teams' lack of opportunity making and and made it a game that we could actually still be in in the fourth quarter and came back and won. You know, when you play that fourth quarter ten times, maybe we win three of them. Right. But today we won them. And, and, and I think you make a, a good point there too, which is 
if I'm a Jets fan, the, the, the result of this game is a gut punch. But if I'm a Jets fan, I'm not comfortable this entire time either. And I'm probably annoyed through most of the game that how have, how have, we, how have we gotten four turnovers on this team and only up by six points? We're only up by eight points? We, we haven't done anything. There. We, I have so many times sat in the same seat at the bar and have been there in the last 15 years. Oh, we're up two turnovers. We're up three turnovers, but we're only up by six. We're only up by eight. Like, it is crazy to think that we've been there and then know that we've been let down. It's so amazing to be on the opposite side. So and this was an interesting game. This was a, I'm not even going to say it's a tale of two halves. It's a tale of three quarters and one quarter. And, and, and well, I should say on the offensive side of the ball, one thing that was consistent throughout all four quarters was a defense that came to play and was dominant. All day. Absolutely dominant all day, every day. Didn't force the turnover, which they will surely do going forward but an incredible defensive performance. And then on the offensive side of the ball, um, I think something that happened that none of us would have expected, which was we did not run the ball for the first quarter and a half of football. Yeah, crazy, crazy talk. And and Jeff, we've already touched on like, a, a, you know, it, it does bother me that it was a dominant performance in the defense that got no turnovers. And we saw that a lot last year too. Correct. Like, and when your offense isn't go- isn't getting going or is getting going only then to shoot itself in the crotch, like you really need the defense to come up and make plays or score points for you. And we went through an entire season last year where that didn't happen, and we needed it to. We could we really could have used it today, as dominant as they were. And, and I'll just say, you know, a, a few observations from the game. You know, <laughs> John Brown had a tremendous game. And you know what I love about his stat line? How many, for how many years have we been used to the number one wide receiver having a stat line that goes something as follows? Two catches for 102 yards and one TD. Right. Because there was a 60-yard bomb associated with it. You know what John Brown had? He had about, I don't even know, I mean, look at the stats, about six catches, 120 yards, maybe seven catches, you guys know. Um, ten catch, uh, seven catches, ten uh, targets, and 123 yards. Love it. Seven catches, ten targets. Cole Beasley, I think probably about five catches, should have had seven. Uh, probably about eight or nine targets. I mean, and, and he, I, I, almost I, exactly and right. I don't want to. I don't want to like you know. I don't want to get stuck in the in, in the in the minutia here, but more to the point. How many times in the last 15 years have we seen the leading receiver with the stat line of five catches for 46 yards? That's right. I mean, I feel, that's like, right. I feel like that's a day at the office for a Buffalo Bills receiver. And between Brown and Beasley, we actually have guys putting up numbers that look respectable or, in some cases, actually, like, good for the league. And what about your boy uh, Zay Jones there, Jeff Day? Thoughts on him? Well, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I'm going to get to that in a second, Cassie. But, you know, this Bills offense is a work in progress, and it, and it will continue to be. You know, for anyone that thought we were just going to come out in week one and be the finished product, I mean, shame on you. This is a this is an evolution. It was a – I mean, you could see it throughout the game. I mean, clearly the, the, the game plan was that we thought we could come out and beat them with the short to intermediate routes. We did to some extent have success with that, minus the uh, mistakes. Um 
But, you know, this offense in, in the fourth quarter then became, you know, the Devin Singletary show. And, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how we evolve. Zay Jones, interesting. You know, I think his line, he had the one big catch. Um, you yep. know, I think he had two catches for 18 yards. You know, and I think, um, you know. Stop acting like you don't have the stats out in front of you, you big fucking liar. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, stop acting like you don't have the stats out in front of you. Okay. I think, well, I think oh, it's I two. I think it's two for eighteen because one of them went for negative two. The, That's right. And 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 Shakira, I don't have the stats in front of me. The reason that I know that is because they flashed on the screen after that big catch that he had, <laughs> which was which was a great which was a great catch. But again, you know, I mean, I think the jury is very much still out on our friend Zay Jones. We all love the heart that Zay Jones plays with. We all love the heart. He's clearly an important uh locker room guy slash you know he plays with all the passion that you want you know it's gonna be interesting over the course of the season robert foster duke williams do they start taking playing a time away from uh our boy zay jones but hey he had one very important catch today he made the play um you know and we'll continue to see i think that he will continue to find himself uh finding fewer and fewer snaps and ultimately i believe that at the end of the season he will not be on the active roster but we will see uh we will see how that plays out in the meantime what an absolutely fun celebratory victory for our buffalo bills we were down 16-3 in the fourth quarter all the pundits all the analysts had picked the new york jets and New Jersey what Jets. does this team do? The New Jersey Jets. And what does this team do? This is why we watch, guys. I mean, this is why everyone who's listening to this podcast is listening because the whole thing is meant to be wild entertainment that gives us incredible sense of, eu- uh, of euphoria. And today, the Bills delivered. I couldn't be more proud of our team. I don't even know what my hot takes are. I'm just in a... I'm just in a positive just, mood, just and I love being you. part of this podcast with you guys. Love that, it. Well, the highs are high, and we'll take them right now. Not ready right. for those lows to get low. It was it, We had some low lows today, too. I think that's why we're all so exhausted, because we had some low lows and then some high highs. Jeff, what were you I drinking down right. there in Austin today? So, uh, uh, you know, funny enough, our Bills bar in Austin, so there happened to be a big game the previous night, as I mentioned previously, the, the Texans versus the uh, – LSU Tigers, and as a result of that, um, the Bills Bar in Texas, after the first quarter, was literally buying bar buying beers from the local convenience store because they had sold out of everything from the night before. Wow. So, you know, for the first quarter, it was Labatt Blue. For the second quarter, it was Miller Lite. For the third quarter, it was vodka sodas. And for the fourth quarter, and the celebratory beers, it was Miller Lights. Because wow. you know I love those light beers. I wasn't about to fuck with some of those IPAs or whatever they're called on tap. This is Bill's Nation, baby. Cassie, are you with me? I am with you. I would drink right there with you. Though my hangover mixing beer and vodka might be a little worse than yours. I'm a little older than you guys. That's true. Jeff, keep your eyes on the road tonight. It's always a pleasure talking to you. We got the, we got the Giants next week. We're going to enjoy the hell out of this win. Until then, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills, baby. Love you guys. Love you. Well, he's the hardest working landlord in Chicago who lives in Milwaukee. It's Buffalo Bill Nichols. Yes, fix it. Mr. Fix it. Here to tell us what about these Buffalo Bills he's fixing. 
Bill, I know we got the win today, and we're all feeling we're all feeling really great about it. But uh, for the first boy, I don't know, three and three quarters quarters, there was plenty to fix. So curious to hear what you have to say today. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously you can go for what's up, guys. How you doing, by the way? Uh, we're exhausted. First of all, we're, we're emotionally first, drained. Yeah, I know, man. I know. Seriously, I just can't wait to close my eyes. But as soon as I close my eyes, my son's gonna wake up. Uh, so that's gonna suck. But um, no, I mean, uh, you obviously got to look at the turnovers um, first half. But I, you know, I still. I'm not, I'm not concerned about those at all. Um, it's not something that I, I think we need to fix because I don't think it's going to be an issue. Um, you know, I, I think I think more so um, being able to take the ball down the field um, a little bit more often, a little bit quicker. I like how we came out aggressive, um, and uh, I, I really like that. I thought play calling was, was pretty solid all day long. Um, it helps when you've got a, a better offensive line, um, oh, you know, sure. to make your to, to make to make your calls look a little bit better. You're the old offensive coordinator, uh, you know, quarterback uh, battle that we always have. But um, no, I mean, uh, I I think that's the one thing is I would just I like to see us stretch that field a little bit a little bit better. I don't know if if uh, if Josh had people down the field, um, you know, more often earlier in the game, but. That's the only that's the only only big thing that I would say. Uh, I'm hoping that we improve, uh, you know, going forward. That's a great call. I I was kind of sitting here wondering, hey, when are we gonna uncork one and, and let Josh Allen let it fly every once in a while? I guess the, the the you know the the explanation to that is that it's a Greg Williams defense that's blitzing constantly, and the strength of yeah. it is up front. So yeah, there, that's the kind of that's the kind of defensive game plan that's going to speed up the the need to get rid of the ball faster so i'm i'm with you on that one i i think that the deep game might have been sort of taken out of the playbook for this one but bill bill you said that you thought the offensive play calling was pretty good but we didn't call a run in the entire first quarter what was your perspective on that well i think josh said after the game that was all like planned out like that way so um you just said like Basically, they wanted to see whether or not they were going. The defense is going to start giving them different looks, uh, and they didn't really. Um, I have no problem with it. I mean, it was working, so why why change anything? Um, I think when the in the in the second half, when we started to see Singletary pop off some more stuff, uh, that was also when Mosley went down. So. Um, I don't have any problem with it whatsoever. I don't think that that's necessarily going to be uh, the game plan moving forward. But I like the fact that we have to have confidence that we can we we can move we can move the ball. We can pass it. We can be a passing. We can be a passing first team, which uh, you know we haven't been able to say in, in quite a long time. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that, Bill. That the then that was a big thing. That just you know the whole thing is that oh. Right, uh, Lars, you were saying at the beginning of the game, what's Jerry, what, uh, Jeremy White going to complain about? Because the fact that we were a passing only, we were a, not only a passing first, we were a passing only offense for the first half. Yeah. And despite the turnovers, like at least in the first drive, we were really moving the ball uh, with the passing attack, um, and we were having success with that. And the line, you know, it's interesting. You know, there was all this talk coming up to the game about how they're going to make Josh Allen be a quarterback. 
And, you know, as a quarterback, he did okay despite the turnovers. The turnovers were some his fault, some not his fault, but he was passing the ball. He was moving the ball he with was, his he arm. He was more than okay. You know, absolutely. And so the the one thing that I would say that would like would be nice to fix um, is that I loved the Singletary runs. I loved the big, big chunks of yardage that we were getting. I would like to see the day-to-day, every down, you know, get three yards type of run. That I felt like even Gore was having a little bit of difficulty with those, you know, let's just get two, three yards. Let's get, you know, let a chip shot here and there just so that you can keep moving the ball forward so it doesn't end up in either, you know, second down we convert a, a 10-yard pass or, you know, just, just to be able to make it, give us more short second in distance uh, or third in distance. What else you got for us today, Bill? Um, well, I mean, positive things. I think just Josh being able to, to go out there and take command of the offense, um, be able to change some calls, the line of scrimmage. He looked, he, despite any turnovers, he really has an amazing ability to put the past in the past, um, which he I felt like he showed last year as well. Like he could, he just forgets about things really quickly, which I think is very important for. Uh, for someone to be a successful quarterback um you know you can't you can't get in your head you got to forget about it you just got to keep on moving um so you had and, mentioned going downfield yeah. um and you what you were talking about was like taking like big shots downfield and, and we're in agreement yeah. there what i thought you were talking about however and i'm gonna put this back to the to the crew here riddle me yeah. this did the offense have a three and out today I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> How does that feel, by the way? <laughs> did they? Did they not? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. Checking wow. the drive chart now. That's pretty wild. I mean, for for uh, how <laughs> the entire time Tyrod Taylor was here, that's that's what we were just apoplectic about, and it's kind of not really a part of what ails this team any longer. I mean, we get first downs. We will get one or two first downs every time we have the ball. Now it seems. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it's, yeah uh, it's crazy to think that when Josh Allen's back there, even on third and whatever, I'm kind of like, yeah, we got a chance. And I mean, I don't know. Am I just being a homer here? But like when we were down 14 nothing, I think I like even sent out to you guys, like who doesn't think like we have a chance to win this game? Like years past, we all would have been like, oh, this is a – huge mountain to climb this is climbing mount everest but this was just a little mountain in a molehill molehill like like we got over it it felt that way in in years past in games like this everything felt helpless and i just this game was very frustrating because of some of the stuff we've already talked about and how like just nothing was going our way and we were getting all the bad breaks but it didn't we didn't have that helpless feel to it and that that's that's nice that's a nice change bill looks it looks like there was one Fourth, uh, three and out, and the but the reason we don't remember it is because it was broken up by the first quarter going into the second quarter. So we started, I think, uh, three, uh, and then and then we punted on the fl- on, in the beginning of the fourth, uh, second quarter. Bill, what were you drinking up there in Milwaukee? Uh, I was drinking a Pipeworks uh, Lister King. Nice, interesting, That's delicious, mosaic hops. Did you have to drive all the way to Kansas yeah, got, to get it? You guys have that? Yes, in abundance. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, we're back You're at the Meadowlands next week. We'll be in touch, as always. Until then, go Bills. Go Bills.
Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card. Wild. I missed my cue. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Bills and Beards. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer, like, don't we, Cassie? Jesus. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, I actually, well, I, I haven't been drinking beer because uh, I can't drink beer and I won't drink cider. So I'm having a vodka tonic right now. It's all right. Suge, it took like 17 years to get it, yeah. uh, which has been the theme. And, and of all three beer. of us having to ask the waitress for it. Um, the you, what were you drinking? Yeah, so I was drinking Labatt Blue Light. Uh, we got some buckets here, and I think it was nice and easy. I was. Not feeling so hot at the beginning of the day, uh, and so I, which we'll get into later. Uh, but uh, the blue light was nice and refreshing, and, and, and all those things. Uh, eventually, once we got into real beers, I did move on to a very high alcohol beer called uh, from Founders Brewery in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Double Trouble, a 9.4 percent beer. But they only give you 10 and a half fucking per- ounces here. They always cheap you out when it's a high alcohol beer, uh, which is probably a good thing. Um, I've come to learn that I have to hold pieces of paper further away from my face to be able to read it because I'm definitely old. Uh, and, but it says here that, that this is brewed to turn your world upside down. And isn't that appropriate after the game we just watched? The hops will get you coming and going. Pungent aromatics up front pair with the malt ballast backbone and smooth, bitter finish. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Uh, you know, a little hazy, a uh, little sweet. Uh, but, yeah, just a kind of a little solid, like, high alcohol IPAs. So I, 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 you're right. Like the the beer drinkers bars, will definitely like pull back on the fluid ounces when they give you high content beers. Like the like kind of divey non beer drinkers bars or kind of like the generic sports better, bars. Yeah. They don't know any better. They'll give you a full sixteen ounce. I was at a place in Erie. Great wings, great pepperoni balls, by the way. Erie delicacy, and they had like an eight. Or an 11, 11% beer or something like that on tap. And I said, does it, does it come in a pint glass? And, and the waitress was like, yeah, why wouldn't it? I was like, I'll take two. Sure. <laughs> Cass, coming to you now. Um, so I definitely enjoyed some Labatt Blue Lights. This is my last Sunday in regular time, I will have to say. I've decided to go back to school and get a secondary degree. So unfortunately... Like a high school GED? It, yeah, basically my MBA. Oh, um, so an advanced degree. An advanced degree, right? Um, so unfortunately, I will probably be having to work my schedule around that. So this Sunday, I don't have class. Class starts on Wednesday. So I am definitely inviting and partaking. So I had more than a handful of that blue lights. Um, apologies to our listeners. And then my second beer that I ordered, I ordered the Kolsch, but something's making me think that I actually didn't get the Kolsch. Jay and I... You got a real hazy beer there. Yeah, we got a real... I, I think I got the Hefeweizen. Oh, um, yeah. That makes good. more sense. So Jay and I went out last night. We went to a bar. We ordered a Dortmunder Gold, and it came out almost looking like a Guinness. Looked at the bartender was like, this does not look like that. He agreed. Um... Secondarily, I don't think that I got that. I think I got the buckle down party pillow Hefeweizen in here. Um, no matter Sounds what. Sounds like fun. Kolsch or Hefeweizen, it is delicious, and they got my taste profile correct. So, really, who cares? Excellent. Well, uh, Suge is drinking a beer to turn your world upside down. All of us had our worlds turned upside down today. One, we weren't expecting it to be such a unmitigated shit show. 
for the first two hours and 45 minutes of our viewing experience. And then it got turned upside down again when, as we've been saying now, this is the, obviously the story of the day, when things got back on track, the ship got back on the right course, and we won. Yeah, this so ha- this happens in life. This does happen in life. So the, our, my question to you guys is, for our wild card today, when have you been in a situation where everything was just going straight to hell? It was just, you didn't expect it, and it just got worse and worse and worse, and you just thought, you know what, this day is just going to end in straight hell, and, and, and you finally came to accept it. And then by the grace of the Lord above, things done found their way out of the demons. And you got your way, and your day turned around. It was beautiful. It ended up being what you never expected it to be, and it was actually better than you ever, ever dreamed it would be. Cassie? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to not try to sound bougie <laughs> here, but, I, I, but I, I think that that might have a problem. So uh, we were going to France this summer, um, and we were, we were flying to Air France. We're going into Paris, and then we were going to take from Paris, we're going to take a puddle jumper down to the south of France, me and my parents. And we get to the airport, everything's looking good. Like, they're loading, they're about, we're about ready to everyone get on the plane, and then we notice that all the cargo is still on the tarmac. They're not loading the cargo onto the plane. And then all of a sudden, they're like, you're going to be delayed. You're going to be delayed. You're going to be delayed. And I'm talking like four hours of delays. Then it comes up, you're going to be canceled. So imagine this. Like 200 people trying to get to Paris, France. And these are a lot of people going to Paris for like Paris being their trip. And unfortunately for all of them, it didn't work out in their benefit. For me and my husband, it did. So we go up to rebook to our flight, and they're like, we can get you into Paris tomorrow at like 8 p.m. And I said, ha uh-uh, we need to go to Barcelona now. Whoa. Because we are meeting my parents south, and the closest place to get to is actually Barcelona. We could take a train up to go meet them. So like I said, I'm not trying to sound bougie. So far, your efforts to not sound bougie have not really paid yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. Sorry about that. So... Are you? I... I get into basically a brawl almost with the, the person at the... And I was like, she's like, we can't get you into Barcelona. That's not a part of the... That's not approved. That's not approved. I'm like, I don't care what's approved. Like, you screw this up. We've got our entire trip, our entire party. We've got 10 people waiting for us. That was all a lie. Um, down in the south of France. Like, you're going to get us into, into Barcelona. Sure enough, get us into Barcelona. <laughs> They upgrade us into uh, exit row, you know, flights going over, direct into Barcelona. And my husband literally goes, oh, great. This is perfect. My whole plan for this trip was to fly into Barcelona and out of Paris. And, of course, he got exactly what he wanted. Everything's coming up, Jay. So I have found, generally speaking, that, that when a day starts on a sour note, that that's usually a good sign. Almost to the point now, when a day starts too good, I spend most of the afternoon going, oh boy, when's that other shoe going to drop? Part of it's what I do for a living. When things are going well, that's when I'm like, oh boy, this, is, uh, this ain't good. This is not, that's, this is not, this, this, is when, this is when we get caught with our pants down. We get a little too comfortable here. But I will say that mornings in my house, when you have two parents trying to get out the door and a dog that needs to walk and fed, 
and a toddler who wants to get up and get, some days you get up at 7 a.m. and it's great because you sleep a little bit and you get up and do your thing. Some days you're up at 5.30. So you don't know. You don't know. There's a 90-minute window every day that you could be getting out of bed. You just don't know. So some days he gets up at 5.30 and you're groggy. So you sit on the couch with him and let him watch his, his videos, watch some Daniel Tiger, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe put on... Great show. May, put on some, you know, YouTube videos of... Uh, there's some wild YouTube videos out there that I'm happy to share with other parents. You know, and you're just kind of sitting there. But then it leads to a tantrum because he doesn't want to stop watching videos. Of course, why would he? So now he's, now he's spilled something all over the floor. The dog has come in and ripped his blueberry muffin out of his finger, so he's crying even harder. The dog gets into a fight with the other dog while you're trying to walk around the corner. Your wife is frustrated. You're frustrated. You get into an argument. Everybody's yelling at each other. You're just trying to get out the door. You get out the door. You're already eight minutes late. Then you run into your annoying neighbors who don't know how to get out of a conversation. So now you're stuck talking to them that you, you don't want to talk to. Them. Now, now you're 12 minutes late. You get on the bus. The bus is crowded. You don't get a seat. CTA. This is how mornings start. This is how one such morning started for me not long ago. Got to work. None of the bosses were there. Huh. Okay. That's cool, I guess. So no, nobody's really around to pay attention to what's going on. That seems cool. Somebody comes by. Hey, who wants pizza for lunch? I'm buying. Oh, that shall be me. We get a email from the woman who runs our office. Hey, everybody, we're shutting down at four today. Free beer in the... This is when I can still have beer. So everything is turned around. I go home that night. Jackie's decided, you know, hey, we're, gonna have, we're just going to have tacos, something easy. Oh, I love tacos. Tacos are delicious. The kid is a dream to be around. He's, he's bounced back. He doesn't even want to watch videos. He just wants to read to you all night. And everything's fine. You go home. You have a quick read. You pass out. You sleep like a baby. Sometimes, though, the day starts pretty badly. Yeah, and that's, that's nice. You guys, those are all beautiful and poetic. Um, none of them were funny. Uh, mine's a little bit more direct- this went good and this went bad, and it happened today. Oh, this isn't a threesome? No, it's not a threesome. Did it start with you pooping your pants at the bar? No, um, but as has been previously documented, I may have lost control of my uh, bowel function in this bar uh, when I was particularly going through a transition in diet. <laughs> um, but today, um, I don't know, something was happening this morning. You know, we went out with some friends last night, nothing crazy, but my bowels were not right, and I left the house after depositing pure water from my rectum into the toilet. Um, I don't know what's happening. I was I didn't feel bad, but and then I felt the rumbling happening again, but I was like, well, I think I've cleared myself out. I think I'm good. Got here, and uh, what I had, I had one of your wings, Cassie, and I was like, oh, I actually feel better. I told my wife that, and then all of like five minutes later, I was like, no, I don't. No, I don't. It's and you, coming you back. don't want to have to do that here in the station bathroom. No, you don't want to do it. There's, there's you never want to poop a, in a bathroom. A, a in clear a bar. plastic shower curtain is separating you from all the other activity in the bathroom. Yeah, and so I was feeling real bad, and as this was getting bad, like the bills were getting worse and worse and worse. And then all of a sudden, I had a salad, and it still wasn't right, but the game was getting worse, and there was another turnover, and it was just paralleling my bowels and I was like I'm going to have to just do this at some point uh, and that's when I told Cassie I was like you know I may have to take a poop in this bar I'm not going to lie to you I may have to poop in this bar again and just like that like magic more wings more beer in fact I think it was the beer that helped and my bowels just calmed down and Josh Allen calmed down with my bowels and slowly but surely my stomach started to feel good and the bills started to play good and when Devlin's 
Devin Singletary ran, I knew that I did not have to run to the bathroom anymore because hallelujah, my my bowels were cured with the salvation of the Buffalo Bills. Woo! Hey, so, so Suge, this is a good opportunity to remind our listeners what you do for a living. I'm a gastroenterologist, so I'm acutely. So you aware. heard it here first from the guests. You, you got your tummy's a little upset. Beer and wings. No, that's not what I said. Pour it down with beer and wings. It worked for him. Black it'll work for you too. coffee. Black coffee. Yeah, that, that's actually completely true. Actually, it's not gonna help your bowels. It'll help your liver. So we are headed back to the Meadowlands next week against the Giants, the hapless Giants. Are they winning? I think it's going on behind me. What's, what's no? They're losing twenty-one to seven. Okay. So so we should feel pretty good about that one. This was this was as Cass had mentioned on our podcast during the preseason. This was an important one to get beyond. We did get beyond it. So let's just take it day by day. Let's enjoy all the radio shows. Let's enjoy all the podcasts. And let's 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 come back next week ready to have another good time watching these Bills go up against those Giants. And also to that Jets fan that's across the way from us right now that keeps shouting, Go Jets! Have fun with the rest of your schedule in the first half of the year. You already hear first. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones, tell everybody in Bills Nation how you found this podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. It should be on all the places on the interweb so you find it. Or just Google. The best Bill podcast that you can find. We'll be talking some shit this week on Twitter. That's Probably the best do. way to stay in touch with the show. Go Until Bills. Until next week, go Bills. The Bills make me wanna shout.